humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 271, and I had a conversation with Naomi Grossman. She is an Emmy Award nominee actor and writer and producer. She has two critically acclaimed one-woman shows called Girl in Argentine Landscape and Carnival Knowledge, Love, Lust, and Other Oddities. As an actor, you probably know her because she is Pepper on American Horror Story, the role that really, she's a fan favorite. Everybody loves Pepper. And (laughs) she also played uh, Samantha Crow in another season of American Horror Story. And this new season of American Horror Story Uh, which is called Stories, and in fact launches the day that this episode comes out, Thursday, so definitely check it out. Uh, She plays a character named Rabid Ruth. No relation. She got to come over to the house, which was, I was so excited. She was the first interview I've done in person since the pandemic. So uh, to have that interchange face-to-face, which is just, I, I mean, I have no problem with the Zoom ones, but there's just something different about being in the same room with a human being. It's fantastic. Um, She is hilarious. She's been on crazy adventures. Her family is fascinating. Uh, She's very bright, very (laughs) hyper uh, kinetic, and I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm excited for you to hear this episode. I can't believe that July 20th, which is today, this episode is going to come out on the 22nd, uh, but I can't believe that it my five-year anniversary of this podcast went by, and I didn't even realize it. July of 2016, I launched Hey Human Podcast, so yay! Just a little hooray for that. Five years and going strong. Um, thanks, everybody, for making that a possibility. Um, one of the things that I wanted to promote for Naomi is that she's got another one-woman show that's going to be coming out. Um, when when it when that information is available, I'll make sure to to let everybody know. But that one is called American Horror Story. And that's horror, not horror. Um, a play on uh, obviously uh, the show that she has been a part of for the past few years. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. it was super fun, and I'm excited for more in person conversations to come in the future with guests. Uh, just so you know, of course, as always, uh, on the links page on Hey Human Podcast, you'll find all the information about her, um, as well as every guest I've ever had on the show. So I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, but I wanted to cover the fact that I recorded new music. So that is in the works. I talked about it last week and I think the week before. But it's going to be a reality because I actually did the recordings very excited to to let you all know about that when the time comes. If you want to find me on iTunes, you can find me under Susan Ruth. And if you want to find me on Spotify, I'm at SusanRuth-US on Spotify. And I will be putting the new music all the places, but especially those places. So definitely keep in the loop on that. Okay, usual stuff. Hey Human Podcast can be found on social media under Facebook, Hey Human Podcast, and Instagram, Hey Human Podcast. And I try to post different things on both, so definitely check that out. Instagram, I I tend to do 
all about people of history or of interest or modern times that are doing interesting things, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of fun uh, to check that out and see all the people I, I put on there. Facebook's more uh, articles about, I don't know, cool kids and health breakthroughs, and people building things. I don't know, robots, just whatever. I try and keep it interesting as best I can. Um, okay, so that's social media. Oh, my personal social media is under Susan Ruthism, S-U-S-A-N-R-U-T-H-I-S-M, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email me, Susan, at heyhumanpodcast.com. Love to hear from you. If you have a story you want me to learn about or a person you know that you think is interesting or maybe you've got interesting stories, I want to know. Let me know. And uh, maybe you'll be a guest on Hey Human Podcast. Uh, The links page I already mentioned, it's on heyhumanpodcast.com. It covers every guest I've ever had. So anything that they're putting out or doing, uh, all their social medias and things, and then articles or books or I don't know, movies, whatnot, that we reference within the the system of the show, of the episode. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Super important and helps a huge amount. So please do that if you have a few minutes to spare. Uh, check out SusanRuth.com if you want to know more about me personally, my other work that I do, uh, my people that interview me, I post those interviews there on SusanRuth.com. Some are on YouTube through there, you know, that kind of thing. So definitely check that out. You can also sign up on the mailing list. Apologies to anyone who tried to sign up on the mailing list over the last month. I did not know that the mailing list link was not working. Um, Squarespace or Google machine, somebody changed something. And and so my Ooh, my voice just cracked. And so my link thing that that allowed for that all to work did not work. It does now. At least I think it does. Worked as of two days ago. So if you tried to join me on the mailing list, try again if it didn't work, because now it does. What else? Uh, Music. I mentioned that. Doing new music. Very excited about that. Um, What else? Oh, and again, as I mentioned last week, Hadley Canary who's an amazing artist out of Nashville, like a pop, poppy, cerebralis type. She has a new single out that I wrote with Hadley called Possession of Pain. Check that out too. I'm really proud of that song. Okay, I think that's pretty much it. Let's get into this conversation. And thank you for listening. Stay well, be kind, and take care of each other. And uh, yeah, if you need a little extra lovins out there i'm sending it your way and you know thank you for listening okay here we go naomi grossman welcome to hey human thank you in real freaking life yes hey human you're my first in real life in a really long time really let's hear for vaccinations baby i know can you believe it yes oh it's weird, you know, after I after I got the second vaccination, I thought, okay, I feel, I know it's not a, a solve-all problem, mm-hmm. but I started feeling slightly invincible. <laughs> Can you feel slightly invincible? I was like, I am a superhero right now. Yeah. It just feels like this relief. Yeah. Like, okay, good. Yeah. Let's do this. Even on the plane, I flew and, and somebody a couple rows back coughed and I thought, I can handle that. Right? Oh, I know. I, uh, I'll probably always wear a mask on a plane, though. That just seems like 
I mean, I haven't had a cold, knock on wood, in a year and a half. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I cough, all of a sudden I feel like, oh my God, like I need to isolate. And it's like, that's ridiculous. Like, you know. Coughing is the new farting. It is. That's hilarious. Which is a real bummer. <laughs> you feel, you know, you're like, oh my God, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was my chair. The dog did it. Yeah, my, this unitard does, makes noises. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, you for coming over. Uh, you are an LA gal. And you and I met for the listeners at a little barbecue on a rooftop mm-hmm. with our mutual friend Chris mm-hmm. and John. And uh, so that that was very kind of you to say yes. And oh, so here we are. I love it. So let's start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? Are you a California gal? or No, uh, I uh, originally came from Denver. Oh. Suburb of Denver. Okay. Um, yeah, lived there uh 17 years um, and then uh, went to Argentina as uh, an exchange student. Uh, I just sort of skipped out on senior year and um, I was always like a really over, like a hyper overachiever and so I was I was over it. I was, I mean, I was like a, a, a very much an adult as a kid mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, now that I'm a adult, I, I have to be a kid because <laughs> I missed out on a lot of that stuff. I completely get that. Well, so your parents to. were fine? They said, yeah, fl- fl- Oh, yeah. Kid. Oh, yeah. Okay. My, my folks were both kind of wanderlust themselves. They were um, Peace Corps volunteers and, um, um, you know, very good at, about uh, exposing me to culture and art and music and opera and ballet and cinema and you name it. And so, um, I mean, that's part of what, you know, kind of, I think from a really young age, I, I just always wanted to be on stage, and I was I got very involved in just like anything and everything, you name it, like uh, you know school plays and on camera acting class and uh, ballet and piano and voice and um, Spanish club and uh, Olympics of the mind and student council and National Honor Society oh and I mean, you name it, like if I just wanted the longest resume in the. Um, uh, Oh, yearbook. So you uh, came out an adult, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So by you know by senior year, I was like, okay, well, there aren't any more clubs that I'm not the president of. So, but there probably are in Argentina. So that's why I went there. Did that make you weird, or were there other kids like you? Did you know? Did you have yes a... and no? Okay. Yes. Absolutely. There was my high school was very like Mean Girls, and. Um, but I've always been had a very strong sense of self, and I was like, mm, you know what? I don't really want to be like you, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay being weird because normal is kind of boring, yeah. and it is honestly. Yeah. Like, totally. I mean, we're still friends on Facebook, you know, and I see all those mean girls, and yeah, I, I. I <laughs> It's very obvious that our high school was the best times of their life, and um, and that's very sad to me because it was the worst time oh, of my okay. life. Amen to that, sister. Yeah. You know, you are a tiny person. Yeah. You are what five one? Five feet of fun. Okay. I'm probably five one, honestly, yeah. but I do manage to like go in for a lot of like you know petite roles, uh-huh. like sort of my you know my breakout role was uh, on American Horror Story as right. a. Um, it was actually supposed to be a they they initially cast a little person in my role and then recast it with me which 
<laughs> yeah. worked out. But um, yeah, so consequently, I do kind of kind of get to slide into a lot of those kind of petite parts for being five feet. Yeah, well, when I'm I curious. say I'm five one, which I probably am, yeah. like then I isn't I that screw funny? myself out of work. So. One freaking inch, and right? It's- let that be a lesson to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I, I, if, I'm, if I'm lying on my resume, yeah. that's the least I can. I well, mean, who, who doesn't cares? do that, I suppose. But uh, when the reason I asked about how tall you are is because I assume that when you were young, you, you weren't going to let that make you sort of blend in or become invisible. Because sometimes the smaller kids don't stand out. I was six right. foot at 14, which is another side of horror show. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, yeah. Did, did you think that also shaped you? Like, look at me! I'm here! Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I'm the absolute front and center of every photo, because I have to be. Mm-hmm. Tall kids in the back. You know? So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, that, I, I think being small is part of my superpower. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think um, you don't feel yeah, like, no. like that. It's funny when people meet me. They're always like, "Oh, you're quite small," because I don't come off that way. I yeah. have a, you know a big personality. I always kind of making up for it. Tall people that are short, and there are short people that are tall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about energetic. Yeah, stuff. I'm a lap dog. You know, I love <laughs> to bark. I mean, that's part of what's been so hard about this pandemic oh. is there was like nobody to bark with or at. You know, mm, <laughs> it's I just see, me. Especially because you live alone. So live alone. I'm yeah. single. I'm an only child. Like it's just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Argentina. Yeah, yeah. Did you... Why Argentina of all places? Um, I think I put, like, Spain and Italy as my first choices, and I didn't know it at the time, but Argentina is kind of a perfect mix of those two places. Um, Just the immigration... uh, when I've been to Italy, I'm like, oh my god, it's just like Argentina. Of course, Italians are like, mm, mm. no, Argentina is <laughs> just like Italy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's, that's the place that worked out for me. But it really, it really worked out. Like I found my place. You know, I like I really, I mean, even to this day, when I am back in Denver, I'm like, this is not my place. Mm, I get that. Yeah. And I, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, my family was also, we were odd birds. Like, my my dad was an architect, and so we lived in this beautiful little mid-century modern gem in sort of the, you know, hills of, um, you know, the countryside. Mm-hmm. Um in Colorado, which is gorgeous, of course. You know, but all around us were these cookie-cutter McMansion homes, and we were this, like, itty-bitty little one-story home with all glass do- glass walls and a blue door. Right. So we, we stuck out, um, but in a great way, yeah. you know. And, and, and But we were. We were kind of weirdos. Like, my mom was a pianist, and my dad was an architect, and a professor, and a potter, and a jeweler, and a basket maker, and a wine connoisseur, and gourmet chef, and a classical music aficionado. And, like, so, you know, I missed my first date with Jay Miller because I was, um, because my dad had won tickets to the symphony uh, by, you know, calling, playing Name That Tune with the classical music uh, DJ, and, you know, we 
couldn't miss that. So stuff like that. I mean, we were, like I said, I kind of missed out on a lot of those like normal, normal teenage, you know, yeah, yeah. activities because I was living in this hyper cultured yeah. Yeah. home. Yeah. Um, but at the end, like at the time, I kind of rude it. Like I really, I, I wanted to be normal. Like I wanted to I, like, I wished I were an, a latchkey kid without a mom that made me, you know, artichokes for um, my snack, <laughs> you know, who wasn't, like, home all day, every day, playing piano. Now I realize, oh, my God, what a gift is yeah. that, you know what yeah. I mean? You're like, I'm an SNL sketch, just FYI. Totally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's true. When I go home to Seattle, is it's I appreciate it, and it's beautiful and crazy and busy and all that, but... That thing about you can't go home again because you have become this thing that is, well, you're a woman of the world, mm -hmm. you know, so when you try to return to a, a town that that raised up the little girl in you, mm -hmm. she's gone, baby. Yeah. I mean, she's in you, but she's she's it doesn't make as much sense. Oh, definitely. You've broken down the walls, you know. Yeah. So I think, you know, when I was quite young, I really did want to be like those kids, like those other kids. I, you know, I remember suggesting to my mom that maybe she should get a job as a bus driver because I really love school and I really love home, but I really hated the bus. And I felt like if she would just segue my time at home to school, like, you know, that would be better. What did you discover about yourself in Argentina that changed your life in mm, such a huge way? It, yeah. Um... Well, I think I... Hmm, that's a good question. Was it the sex? <laughs> the sex. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Honestly, <laughs> I... Um, I kind yeah I kind of came of age there. I you know I saw a lot of hot sweaty soccer players without their shirts on, <laughs> which you know I hadn't seen in Denver. And um, you know the Dem does Denver even have a soccer team? No, but they have parkas. All they exactly do <laughs> exactly. There's a hot guy under that parka somewhere. Yeah, but you have to really use your imagination, and I didn't even know what that looked like yet until I went to Argentina. So, and to this day, I still masturbate to the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh my god! See opposite. I need him to take that parka off. I, I I need to see him with a soccer ball. No, um, yeah, I think I I I. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's kind of ironic. I mean, I'm sort of creating this narrative as I talk to you, but mm. I think I did, I was such a kind of oddball in, in Denver. And even now, even when I say, oh, I'm from Denver, like, it just doesn't sound right. Like, I don't associate with that place. It's like, it's, it's funny. Often it's New Yorkers that are like, oh, I thought you were from New York. Like I could see that. You seem New York. Think, yes. Yeah, worldly. And What's interesting, though, is where I'm from, when you're a New Yorker, that's not a good thing. Like, New Yorker means you're pushy. It means you're abrasive. It means you're like, you know, mm. get it done. Yeah. And I, I am all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I know that the most people that associate me with that are New Yorkers, and so they consider it a compliment. So, thank you. Um, but... Uh, I, th I think that, you know, I had this like drive to be normal back in Denver and I, I, I wasn't and I couldn't possibly be, but in, in Argentina, I had an excuse not to be normal. Like I was like, no, I'm the oddball. I'm the one from somewhere else. Um, and, and it, I, I just, I really identified with 
the 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 quality of life mm-hmm. quite honestly like they really know how to just enjoy life like there's you know mate is this drink and it's but it's not just a drink it's a time that you share and you literally share like a gourd of like herbs and hot water and that's it sounds silly but it's like this ritual that you're really um taking an hour or two out of your life to really just share with another and um you know and that's just mate like never mind the disco texts that go till six and seven a.m and you know and all those hot sweaty soccer players i mean i really like i for the first time i was able to kind of quit all those clubs that had me so busy and i was able to just really kind of enjoy life it must have been a huge shift though huge shift and don't get me wrong remember dad was a gourmet chef and like i mean we had you know mom made artichokes for um my snacks so it's not like i hadn't been eating well but (sighs) i i wasn't used to these you know day-long barbecues and i do mean barbecues like the whole cow um so not that our barbecue wasn't very nice. I get it. We, yeah. we hadn't had a barbecue in, yeah. in a year and a half, so that was very special. But yeah, there was uh, there, just the, the quality of life mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I hadn't experienced before in that way, and I really identified with it. Isn't I mean, to this so day, yeah. when I'm like signing, you know, uh, you know, your your um, status, you know, um, white, white Hispanic, uh, you know, Pacific Island, I literally have to stop and go like, no, Naomi, you're white, because <laughs> it's like I don't know, like I like, is it where you're from or where you feel you're from? That's a you good know what question. I mean? I think that debate rages on, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I'm not like Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of her. I'm not. <laughs> I get it. But uh, I do think there's something to that. Yeah. You yeah. know, just, I mean, for the same way, for, I mean, people are allowed to choose their genders now. Why yeah. can't you choose well, your... I believe in uh, reincarnation. That's in my perf- personal belief system. And so to me, it makes sense that there are people that go through their lives identifying as with a memory or a feeling or a or a something deep in them mm-hmm. where they it's it's like a body dysmorphia but it's a cultural dysmorphia or I don't even know I haven't mm-hmm. put a whole lot of thought into it but it, it that's what that feels like to me yeah. I mean there's no question that certain cultures value certain things and I would say definitely like Argentines value um uh, hot sweaty soccer players and um good food. and late nights music and good food yeah. and yeah I love guess, and i love. love in there yeah. so and romance I but maybe before love i don't know yeah yeah it's funny actually i recently somebody asked me where i was from i told them and they're like oh denver the worst place to be single i was like really and they're like google it and sure enough if you write like worst place to be single <laughs> Is it because everyone's so covered up in the winter? <laughs> Maybe. Was, I don't did, know. was your family religious? Did you have a, a feel uh, like an outsider in that respect um, at all? Because I don't uh, know that Denver is a huge Jewish population. No, it's not. It's interesting. So we, no, to answer your question, not religious, but also not really Jewish. Um, more Jew ish. I get it. Um, yeah. Obviously, with a name like Grossman, someone was a brother of Abraham. Obviously, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but um, more genetic than mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. and cultural, certainly. Yeah. But um, 
uh, I want to say like a great grandmother or somebody uh, fell ill. And it was right around like the 1800s when Christian science was very popular. And I don't know if you're familiar at all. I live. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it's actually, I would say, of all the Christianities, it's probably the most accessible to Jews because there's no. I mean, there is Mary and Jesus, and but there's no like Holy Trinity. There's no saints. There's there's just God, God. Period. There's Jesus too, but Jesus is just like us. He's it's the more, Son of God. You're the daughter of God. Yeah, I'm the daughter of God. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's more uh, not. I mean, I always use woo woo because I'm a big woo woo person mm-hmm. myself. It's more on the mysticism, maybe like maybe kind of like Kabbalah is to Jewish, Christian Science is to Christian. Perhaps kind of like that. Maybe uh, yes. Well, you know, I don't know really that much about Christianity. <laughs> yeah. I also don't know anything about Kabbalah. So, I, you know, it's hard for me to answer exactly that. Got it, got it. But I will say, so I um, I actually would go to Christian Science Sunday School with my um, grandfather. And, uh, but, uh, you know, as an adult, people always assume I'm Jewish. And, and I listen, I spent... Are you mm, wearing... Oh, it says oh, Naomi. It says Naomi. I thought that was Hebrew. Well, it is. Hebrew. But I know, but I thought literally, I looked down oh, at it quickly and I thought yeah. it was Hebrew. That's so interesting. Yeah. Because the, the N and it looked like. My dad made this. Also, Naomi He's Grossman also, is a pretty Jewish name. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and don't get me wrong. Like in Hollywood, it works. Like, I'll take it. Ah! Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, whoever wants to claim me, if you want to, yeah. if Argentines can claim me, okay, Jews so, can claim me, it's fine. So Christian yeah. science, did it, did it appeal to you? Or? It, yeah, you know, it's interesting, and, well, I spent many, many years away from it, um, but the pandemic has kind of brought me back, because, uh, you know, a, a lot of um, Christian science is about, uh, it's, this is a lot of pressure, because I don't. <laughs> I don't want to like be responsible for like. You can direct all your letters to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. No, but a lot of it is about it's it's just it's about God and about He is all and and therefore um, and He is good and if He is all and He is good, there is no room for error and evil and sickness. And so, therefore, honestly, I, I think it really informed me as a young person. I mentioned what a like, high achiever I was. And I think I always sort of fancied myself God's perfect child because that's what they taught us in Sunday school. And, and therefore, I, walked, I lived with real confidence. Like, mm-hmm. I, I owned the room when I, you know, walked into those auditions or, you know, the... the student council uh, debate, you know, you name it. Um, Because I I got this, you know, God's got me, you know. So they didn't um, hammer sin in your head or any of that stuff. That's great. There is no sin. Awesome. Yes, we're perfect. Love it. And so, yes, I think there's, but there's a lot of value to that. Like 100%. You know, because. Sounds healthier. Those evil, those those little voices sure. that are, you know, oh, that sucked. Ugh, that didn't come out. The you're way terrible you and you're ugly and dumb and yeah. They don't serve us at all. Right, right. And I just, I didn't even have that voice until well later. But um, I think, like I said, it was the pandemic that I started to go. Wait a minute. 
here we are, like, all day, every day. I'm also, like, a news junkie, so that didn't help. You know, the CNN, like, on a loop talking about this deadly pandemic. And I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, I... Whatever happened to the Naomi that didn't believe in sickness, you know, and, and death even, um, because, again, we're sort of taught that, uh, I don't mean to go No, there, I love this. But, um, I'm all about it. That, that um, we are eternal. And yes, there is, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, obviously there is a, um, a, 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 a material change uh, at, at a certain point in all of our lives. But um, at the end of the day, we are not material. We are spiritual. Mm -hmm. And um, therefore, I mean, I remember when my grandfather died, people were like, you know, they'd see me in passing. Oh, how's your grandpa? And I was like, oh, it's fine. And <laughs> my mom, who is not a Christian scientist, she's a doctor's daughter, was like, um, that was weird. And I'm like, no, he is. He's fine. He's He's here now. He's all things. He's all, yeah, yeah. he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I think that's it's a very a, peaceful way to. It really is. Mm -hmm. And it's helped me through this pandemic. Don't make, get me wrong. I got the vaccinations too. Sure. Uh, because, well, my mom, my mom, th that's important to her. And I will do anything to see my mother. And so, yes. Yeah, I get yes. that. So yeah, yeah. I'm not one of these, like, <gasps> yeah. don't give me the, no. I, I've driven around and seen the Christian Science reading rooms. What mm. what are those? So they're just like libraries. Oh, okay. And it's um, yeah, it's a I I recommend going in, especially you know since you're curious and I interested. Am. Yeah, always. Um, it's literally just like a person that probably knows something about Christian Christian Science, and when you walk in and like, hey, what is this place? They'll probably show you around and probably give you a, a copy of Science and Health, which is the sort of companion uh, scripture to the Bible. Mary Baker Eddy, who um, uh, founded Christian Science back in the 1800s in Boston, sort of wrote this book as sort of almost like translation to the Bible. Like, because the Bible is so, you know, inaccessible for so many people. Like, they read it and they're like, ah, what did I just read? And this is a much more... Um, yeah, it's just sort of the cliff notes, but like through the lens of Christian science. It's really interesting because in the 1850-ish, women especially started getting into the spiritualism movement. Mm, yeah. Right? And uh, it sounds like this this really goes in depth into that aspect right. of the stories. Yeah. And like I said... I wonder if there's I an overlap, is what I'm saying. I wonder if there's any kind of with her or... I'll have to look her up, because that yes. sounds interesting. Oh, she is so interesting. Yeah. And and I, I agree. I've always thought of myself as not religious, because never really read the Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm it's not. It's a pretty good book. <laughs> it's, it's, I've read it. It's interesting. It's very longevity intense. is... Uh, Super intense. Is it? Oh, I yeah. hear there's a, there's floods. I mean, it's fire. kind of brutal in places. I'm sure. Women don't do well. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Later on, there it's better. Right. Yeah, it kind of... It opens up. <laughs> yeah? Okay, stick with it. <laughs> Stay through that first test. Yeah, write it through. Write it through. It gets better. Numbers is... Man, get a, <laughs> get a right. cocktail or something. And it's just, it's, I've never been a numbers woo, person. Yeah. No, I stopped at general math. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to use this. Oh my God. No, but I, um, like, I definitely pick and choose what I like. Yeah. In, in, in all things. Yeah, but yeah. definitely in this, because I've never really fancied myself a, a religious person. But I do, you know, and like I said, I did get the vaccines, which probably 
a true Christian scientist wouldn't. Oh, really? Okay, Perhaps. so yeah. they're sort of, I'm trying to see the amalgamations here. So they're a little bit like the Jehovah's Witness that doesn't do that, yeah, right? Yeah, again, I don't want to Right, right, right. Because right. that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I've interviewed a few, right. and, and they're, I think that's, like, medicine is kind of, it's just all very well, interesting the idea is, again, if God is all and God is good, then, and sickness is non-existent, mm-hmm. then why would you take why would you need this material thing to heal this spiritual thing like we're not material we're spirits living in a human existence instead of humans living in a spiritual existence oh i like that yeah i wasn't the first to come up with that but uh, but i always love that concept i like that it's it sounds like you're a la carte with your beliefs which i i dig that because i think there's so many fascinating things about so many different religions and cultures that, and I know people will be like, you can't just pick and choose, but why not? I mean, that's the beauty of yeah. free will, right? Of course. Yeah. I would say, listen, it, it has worked for me. Like, there are times when I won't have too many cocktails, and the next morning I'll, you know, oh, my head, and I'll think, wait a minute. <sighs> Take a deep breath. Like, we could either focus on this you know headache or hangover or whatever or you could deflect like think about other things and it's true like we so often like hypochondriacs will spend all of their energy sure. on this malady and and again that's what i see ha- happen during the pandemic people are like all oh, they are covid 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 yeah. covid covid and it's like no, like I, I, that's why I feel like I came around uh, to Christian science because I was like, I don't want to give all my energy to this thing, which actually I've, I was raised to believe doesn't even exist. Well, there's a lot of science behind the ability of the mind to heal. In fact, yes. this is a great book, Healing in the Mind. I talk about it all the time on the well, show. Well, there you go. And it, and it's the the combination of the the brain and body the brain belly body link you know the yes. fact that that which you think you manifest all that I and mean, we're very powerful creatures yes no uh, people science I is still important crazy but i do think yeah. healthy like i never get sick and there's a reason for it like yes i watch what i eat sure. and i do yoga every day and i little i mean i help myself out but i also like literally believe I am healthy. But that's that part of it. You of it. taking care of yourself, yeah, it's a it's a circle for sure. But when you do look at yourself as a temple of God or a, mm-hmm. or a creature of God or a, a mirror of God or a manifestation of mm-hmm. God, any of those things, then uh, I think it would lead you toward a more You are healthy. talking like a Christian scientist right now. Oh, my God. You are. <laughs> we also don't, like, baptize or, like, it's okay. You can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, my father's uh, Jewish. My mother's Episcopalian. Although, if you go back far enough in the lineage on her side, there's some Swiss that were like, "Nope, we're not Jewish. We're not. What do you mean Jewish?" Oh, that's so, funny. Yeah. So it's questionable as to whether there is some some mixing in there. But, um, and I was very lucky because they were like, "Yeah, you get to pick who you are." And that totally. ad nauseum, I've talked about that on this show, so I won't bore the listeners with that. But, um, or you for that matter. But um, I do. I do love the idea of coming to things based on how you feel and what you think instead of based on what other people are trying to tell you who you are. That's, right. That's never really worked for me anyway. No. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Argentina. Okay. All right, and 17 to how old? Well, just the the year. The senior oh, year. Oh, the one year. I know. 
Okay, stay with me. Ooh, We're gonna come back. The other kids were jelly jelly. Um, you mean the kid, the Mean Girls? Yeah. No, they had no idea. Like when I, <laughs> when I was leaving, they were like, "Oh my god, but you're gonna miss the senior barbecue." I'm like, "Don't you? Do you know anything? Like, I'm about to have like." All the barbecue. This is the uh, this is the Argentinian <laughs> soccer players. So see ya. Yeah. They're like, wait, take us. Yeah. No, they and, and even then when they came back, they were like, so how are all the tacos? I, I was like, oh my god. Uh-huh. Like they don't they couldn't yeah. even find Argentina on a map. Sure, so sure. you know whatever. Not my people. Um, but uh, yeah, no Argentina. I mean, it was so formative in so many ways. Um, it it's honestly. It's so funny because every now and then I'll, you know, uh, aspiring actors will, you know, what, what, what do you recommend? And I'm like, I recommend going somewhere far, far away and doing anything but acting for like a year, you know, because it's true. And, and that that year has informed everything about my life, like from the men I date. <laughs> you know, Juan, Pablo, Gabriel, Jesus, you name yeah. it, you know, uh, like, that's my type. Yeah, because you were imprinted you know? sexually with that year Absolutely. of awakening, so that makes yes. sense. Yeah. To the, you know, my, like, actor side jobs, um, you know, for a while I cocktail waitress at a Latin nightclub. I was a, you could be I Latin. a Spanish I could teacher. I mean, do you, I mean I, you, you know. could, do you know what I mean? I, I feel like yeah. you could, you could probably slip into lots of different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh I, I, yeah. And I, I do. And it's your job. <laughs> well, actually it's funny. Literally one of my little side jobs was, I mentioned a Spanish teacher. I taught at, well, I taught at the Playboy Mansion, which is a whole nother story. Oh my goodness. What? I know, total bucket list. But um, yeah, so I taught at this school called the Beverly Hills Lingua Institute, which um, is a um, LA's premier private adult language school. Uh, The only caveat is they only hire native speakers. So today we are teaching you to say Evian (laughs) in twelve languages. (laughs) Well, so I was like. I need this job, you know? And so, I don't know, maybe I've just been doing so much improv that I just sort of yes-anded my way into this whole new Latina identity. And and sure enough, they hired me. Now, but the irony is, remember how I said, okay, yeah, just the one year in Argentina? There's more. Okay, after my dad bought a motorcycle and terminated his 44-year marriage to my mom, yeah, oh, Whoa. I know, we... We gotta go back to Denver for a bit. Okay. But um, after that, he moved to Buenos Aires. So basically, I've been going back. Like, Argentina's now home. Yes. Like, that's where I go if I wanna see my folks, or at least my dad anyway. When they asked me in this interview, like, do you have a transcript? I do like when they asked me if I had family there to use as a reference like I dialed the number and phoned home you know what I mean like so so what if I lied like my substantiating evidence was true and I worked there for eight years as the Argentine teacher um yeah which um I mean it was ridiculous like I ultimately I mean there were definitely periods they're looking at Naomi Grossman you're Argentine yes yes there are totally Jews in Argentina in fact I remember uh, when I was in college at Northwestern there was a a, like an an entire course on it like Jewish gauchos in Argentina Uh, there's Spanish Jews there's French are there Christian science 
Jews in Argentina? I don't know. Yeah. Well, there was. Yeah. <laughs> For a year, anyway. Um, no, but it's funny. Like, I've told, you know, I never told the school, but I told everyone in Argentina who love this story. Yeah. And they're like, you are totally one of us. Like, they claim me. Sure. I mean, I'm not as big as, like, Maradona or Evita, but... Um, no, they're like I'm. I'm. I've been in the paper and everything. That's so cool. Okay, <laughs> let's go back to Denver. Oh, oh, okay. Well, okay. So when my parents, um, when I left the nest to Argentina, mm-hmm. they actually moved to Taos, New Mexico, which is a much more interesting place than Denver. We probably should have been there all along. I digress. Um, but basically, my dad, as an architect, always sort of fancied having a home you know, a second home, uh, a Taos house, if you will. And so that's where we would go for long weekends, um, our little, you know, getaway in Taos. And so when I left, they moved there permanently. And uh, I don't know if that was the beginning of the end. I mean, they were married 44 years. Never saw them fight once. Like, they were one of those couples that, like, even, like, looked alike. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, they were... I just, <laughs> I thought they were going to last. And it wasn't until I, uh, oof, gosh, I was, I guess I was like almost 30. And my mom called and was like, your dad's run away. <laughs> I was like, what? So as it turns out, I mentioned he was a tennis player. He was a like nationally ranked tennis player. And he would tour around to, um, you know, tournaments. And so he basically... Um, told my mom I, he was going to a tournament whether or not he was or wasn't he, he did lie he was basically figuring out how he wanted to spend the rest of his life he was apparently lonely with his mo- with my mother and so he felt like he you know wanted to be very scientific about this remove a variable and um see if he was lonelier with my mother or without Ooh. And so he spent basically the summer of way. No one knew where he was. He would email every now and then just to say, like, I'm okay. I don't want to say where I am. I don't know. You know. We've, I finally knew where he was when he showed up on my doorstep a couple months in and basically was my roommate for, like, a month. How'd that go? Uh, it was like this summer-long slumber party without the party. You know, he was, like, basically crashing on my couch. And it was weird. And... I remember, like, a good week going by where I just didn't want to talk about it. And then finally I was like, what's going on? Like, what you doing, Dad? Like, what brings you to Southern California? And, um, and you know, that's when he confided in me about, like, I just am lonely. And I, I, don't, I don't know how and where I want to spend the rest of my life and with whom. So It's interesting because a lot of times men aren't able to touch that, right? And, mm-hmm. and be vulnerable in that. They, they implode their lives without a real understanding of why they're doing it. Well, and that's what's so ironic is because my mom is like the easiest person in the world to talk to. She is literally, I call her the, the Dolly, La- Dolly Mama <laughs> because she is literally just peace and love. And so the irony yeah. that he didn't feel like he could talk to like basically the white Oprah. It's crazy. Um, I mean, listen, I relate. I dated a gay man for two years, and listen, I knew he was mm, bi, bi. okay, but I love that about him. So here I was, like, totally embracing of that side of him, which made him ultimately closet up even more, which is ironic, because again, of all the people he could have talked to, 
I was the one. Like he'd already he sort of paved the way. Wanted to touch that of again course. as that thing of like, and if you're a mirror, that's an accepting mirror, and he's not ready to be in an accepting space. Oh no, then that's he was. Don't work. He, he hated himself and hated me for yeah. loving him. Yes, classic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's me. My dad ended up uh, realizing after the you know a month with me, he was better off with my mom. Went back back home to Taos and um, basically said, you know, I, I want to get back. And that's when she said, Oh God! Oh no, you didn't! Oh no! Not so fast. And um, I mean, the fact is, it's just oh God, it's so ironic because my mom is, was always such a, the peacemaker and. You know, I mean, her job was really always to, like, just sit in the stands and, you know, golf clap when he made a point. And um, this was the first time that she really kind of, like, you know, grew some cojones and said, like, no. You know, it turns out, she, you know, I mean, the the wild feminist in me is like, you go, girl! Like, you don't let him, you know. <laughs> but, of course, the, at the time, I was like, but, Mom, your job is to, like be embracing and and bring it's what what are you doing because she really could have like saved that relationship and she chose not to so that was hard i cannot wait for this movie to come out that you write by the way (laughs) um but i mean i was 30 and like i was how did you feel about that yeah did it i was a maniac and people were like girl you're too old to be this upset like (laughs) they associate you know that kind of angst with like a teenager yeah and but i'm like no 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 but it makes sense to me yeah it's like the little girl in you it's like mommy daddy what the fuck what are you doing yeah i mean i really kind of hit rock bottom when my my dad got remarried and i got quite drunk at the at the wedding like you do, you know, but but you know how alcohol tends to sort of amplify whatever you're going through. Sure, sure. And I was not happy, and I I had a you know I wasn't very pleasant at the end of that <laughs> at the end of the night. And I remember waking up and going like, mm, I don't want to be this person, you know. Um, but if I yeah, it'll. At this point, you know, my my mom has not gotten remarried. At one point, she managed to... She had two boyfriends. Yeah, girl. I, I, I don't even have one. Like, what <laughs> the heck? She, she wrote this, like, tell-all, softcore, soft smut, spin-off, Fifty Shades of Grey pubes. Like, it's... Yeah. That's she doesn't great. see it that way. She thinks of it... It's her memoir. But as far as I'm concerned, the last third is some is dirty and like I don't. That's her sexual awakening. Maybe. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it. They ma- were married at like age 21, oh, so sure. she didn't. She missed all that. Yeah. <laughs> she know. became a whole person in there somewhere. Right. All the things I did in Argentina, she did when she was 70. God, God bless. I we mean, I know that's your things. parents, and that's really hard, but hell yeah, yeah girl. For sure. But I understand that had to have been beyond traumatizing. For sure. What did you say to her when you read her book? Well, uh, I she initially only sent me the pages that I was in, and now I understand why. Like, she didn't want me to know all those things. Um, but, of course, like, I'm going to read it, you know? Um and I think, you know, she's very proud of it. Yeah. I, I, I am not happy with the book. I come off as a 
total brat. And it's a lot of it is her writing. Like, it is a memoir. She basically, like, took it straight from her journal and then, like, transposed mm-hmm. it into a, you know, and then she self-published it. Like, whereas... And if I were her, I might have edited it. You know, just because Naomi threw that a tantrum on April 27th in 1990 doesn't mean it needs to be in the sure. book. Like, is it, you know, how is it um, furthering the story? And right. as far as I'm concerned, it does not. So she was doing a catharsis, and you're yes. like, that's humiliating. That's a lot of yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, Michael Jordan going to, like, sue my mom or whatever. Sure. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah. No one's reading it unless, of course, they read listen to this interview they're gonna be like where, where do i find book? this coming of age come rain or come shine that's right the word come appears three times in the title alone um your you mom is find a it on saucy. amazon but i don't think she even thought of that honestly like she was she was coming of age like we just talked about Did your it. dad read it no okay no this would not be good for him okay. i mean i can handle it and don't get me wrong I will be using it. Like, there are excerpts in the new One Woman show. 100%. Oh, yeah. So, I feel like all the things, all these things that happen to me, they are just fodder. Like, it would be wasted on if I were, like, a realtor dentist. You know what I mean? The fact that I am an artist and a a writer and an actor, it makes me think, okay, this is a gift. Yeah. I just keep thinking, God, if my mom mom even hinted that she was going to write a memoir, I would go back to Seattle, find her, and break her fingers. Right. (laughs) And throw out all of her typewriters. Well, I mean, again, I relate... (laughs) Because I've also written my own solo shows. You know, it's a different genre, but still, like, I've used her as my muse before. So, you know, it goes both ways. Like, I can't tell her not to use me. I just wish she could have, you know, edited a little more stringently. Is everybody in a good place now? Mom, dad, dad remarried, you? Dad remarried. I I think he may be getting a divorce now. But I I don't know. It changes with the wind. Sure, sure. Um, It's buenos aires. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean... Uh, yes, everyone is civil. Okay. They always were, actually. Yeah. That was the what was so confusing for me is I was like, but you've never fought. Right. Like, why would you get divorced? You know, I, I, I mean, I just remember, I don't know if you're familiar with the playwright Harold Pinter, but mm-hmm. as a theater major, he was kind of mandatory reading. And it's, his plays were always very boring. They were like British people in drawing rooms, like, oh, how is the weather today? And like, nothing happens. And yet, everything's happening underneath. You know what I mean? They're all having affairs. They're all this, they're all that, but you don't see it. It's all the like Subtext. quiet, stayed, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. And that, that was my growing up. I didn't know it at the time, sure. but um, there was all kinds of, there were affairs, there was drama, but. It, well, I didn't see it. It was all just the weather. So, you know, so, but again, when I went to my mom, like, why aren't you making this right? Why why can't you just get back together already? Uh, you know, and she was like, well, but, you know, I uh, my yoga at 6 a.m. And, and my late night movies. And I'm like, you can't do that? Like, well, no, your, mother, your, your father needs breakfast. And I'm like, well, what's for breakfast? And he's like, yogurt. And I'm like, Okay, again, like, 
do, do you have to be there to put the yogurt out? Like, he can't open the fridge? Like, I, I was just always like, I yeah. don't get this. It's but really interesting, isn't it? The dynamics, the roles people feel they have to play. Have to play. Yeah. Like, again, had she just said, like, this, the way it is, is not working. Like, I need to go to late night movies and yoga at the crack of dawn I can't imagine that my dad couldn't have gotten behind that but again she was so like stuck in her it's been 44 years of putting breakfast on the gate flew open and she ran yeah she I really mean, did yeah yeah so you know I think she's much happier yeah. ultimately and that's all that matters so yeah. for in that regard yes I've come around I'm no longer like this angsty 30 year old um you know mad at my parents for getting a divorce but i think you're allowed to feel those feelings at any age i i agree 100 i mean yeah we too are an amalgamation of all of our little of all of our incarnations throughout our lifetime so mm-hmm. and there's there's the the parental wounds that that kick up you know, mm-hmm. and your idea of what it, it's supposed to look like versus what the reality is. Especially if you're not around them all the time and now you're trying to make a life for yourself, you know, and do your thing. Mm-hmm. And so you want that that stable yes. foundation to stay the way it is because you can always touchstone that. And if it's falling apart, then what the fuck? Right. Yeah. Well, and not only... Th- yes, exactly. They were couple goals. So if there are no more couple goals, like, then what? <laughs> and not only that, but, like, I'm single. And, like, oh, if they don't even work, then what will? Like, right. what am I doing? Like, good luck to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they met at, you know, at the university and, like, uh, yeah. you know, in a solid place where they had, you know, common interests and... and um, compatible backgrounds and like good luck to me like in LA of all places nobody knows how to do it though no nobody knows how to do it I mean the the great beauty and tragedy of love is that it just you just have to jump in and it it will the chips will fall where they may and there's nothing you can do about it no and I I mean uh, my greatest love was a bipolar, broke, alcoholic, drug addicted, unemployed, uneducated, illegal, illiterate sewing machine repairman in Mexico. Like, and I do, I, I'm with you on the incarnation, reincarnation. Like, there is something, something between us. I don't know what. Maybe I was a virgin on in a Mayan sacrifice, and he was the chief. I don't know, but there is some chemical something that will not let it go and i mean don't get me wrong i have i i know it's not right my head is clear honey you are preaching i get it (laughs) i get it but man yeah i i I can't help it there is um there there are we we don't choose we sure they sort of choose us i think yeah (laughs) sorry no no it's, it's all good um all right, so we are now, we've been to Argentina, we come mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Do you already know at this point that acting is going to be the thing you want to do? 100%. Always, Always. did. Um, I mean, in a way, Argentina was very much a distraction from that. I mean, I did actually I did take acting classes while I was there. Yeah. 
but it was in Spanish, and I was always going to be an American. It's not like I could disappear into a role there, you know what I mean? Like, I was going to always be that foreigner, okay. unfortunately. Not that I look at, you're right, I, I can, can totally blend in, but, you know, with the language, don't get me wrong, I have a great accent. Like, I managed to fool the school for eight whole years. I mean, I stayed away from, you know, when the... The professor from Spain, you know, asked me f for sangria after class. I was like, mm, pass uh, or pass. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I definitely like had to stay, you know, keep my distance. Um, uh, in fact, there was actually a student of mine that I kind of, I, I, I hated a student and, but it was an adult school, um, you know, but yeah, that was uh, like a uh, anxiety inducing for me because I was like oh my god like how, where is this gonna go and like is he gonna are we gonna be a, a, a real a relationship and is he gonna like what am I gonna bring him home to Argentina to meet the fam only to find out they're like expats from Taos like how what how's this gonna go so and and even then am I gonna lose my job you know oh, yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. anyway um Sorry, the question was, okay, did so you always actor, know that yeah, you've been acting? So, so, yes. But, so you, yes. I'm trying to, the, I don't know the timeline. So right. you have written three yes. one-woman shows. Yes. The American Horror Story, Pepper, yes. which is a huge deal. And probably the like the biggest mm -hmm. major shootout of the canon. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Click Alt Delete, which is... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's in there mm -hmm. somewhere. So let's, let's talk timeline. Okay, timeline was, yes, always knew I wanted to be an actor. Like, so, yes, while I busied myself doing all these other activities, just because I wanted to have a full yearbook resume, um, at, at the end girls. of the day, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I At the end of the day, I was always an actor. Like, if we didn't have Facebook and you asked, like, those mean girls, where is Naomi today? They would say, on a stage or on a screen somewhere. And here I am. <laughs> on a microphone. Yes. Um, so... Uh, uh, and, and yes, Argentina was a bit of a distraction, but, um, you know, like I said, informed every aspect of my life. In fact, informed my first uh, one-woman show, Girl in Argentine Landscape, which is basically all about this. It's all about me sort of coming of age um, and, and finding, uh, feeling at home, far away from home. Um, in any case, uh, the, 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 so but after that year in Argentina, I went on to college at Northwestern, which is a very strong act theater program. Um, I was a you know theater major there four years, uh, survived four Chicago winters, and not Chicago is one of the greatest cities in the world, but yes. its winters are brutal so and long. So long, I frostbit my butt once. Oh my god! Like it's it's you know it's not livable. It's, it's not so cold. Yeah, beautiful in the spring though. Yeah. Which happens in June. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I was out of there after those four years. I, I had a boyfriend at the time who was a PA on Friends. Okay. And Friends was a very big show at the time. And, you know, and PA, wow, you get Jennifer Anderson's coffee? Like, that's basically you've made it in Hollywood, right? So, um, anyway, so I came out here not just because of him. I mean, I did want to do film and television. And, and besides, like, you know, Denver, New Mexico, it's the West. Like, so this felt closer to me, although most of my um, colleagues went to New York 
because they were either East Coast based and or, you know, theater really was the focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any case, I came out here. That relationship ended immediately, um, which you know was hard at the time, but also also was like the greatest favor he ever did for me because I really kind of had to find my way on my own, and it was not easy. This is not an easy place to transition into. Um, I I struggled uh, with acting. I you know I was basically kind of lost. I would go to the, you know, get my backstage west and I'd send my photo to all the casting direct, you know, whatever was casting that week and crickets, you know, and and it was maybe a couple years in that I was like, "Oh, what am I doing? Like I want to be an actor, but I'm literally just go to the post office. Like what is that?" And so I realized like, "Hmm, if I want to act, I should act. Uh, so, because I wasn't being cast in a, um, you know, orthodox way, I went ahead and um, created some of my own material. So, I at the time, I started just writing sort of sketches, because I always really dreamt of, SNL was always my sure. dream job. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, I... Huh, <laughs> I was going to say, how long a story do you want this? But it's too late for that. Um... I remember, I mean, I was always, I've always been a huge theater goer, and I saw an advertisement for a play, um, and, and I recognized the playwright, because I'd been to theater school, and, you know, really liked her, so I, I went to the show, and while I was in the play, um, at inter intermission, um, a gentleman, or, yeah, some guy just started chatting me up, and, oh, what brings you here, and I was like, oh, I really like the playwright, and that's when the director happened to overhear me and was like, I'm sorry, what? You you like the play playwright? Like, who are you? Like, where did you come from? Like, <laughs> those people don't exist in Los Angeles. And um, so sure enough, we caught, we, you know, start up a conversation. And after the show, I thought about it. I was like, I want to work with this guy. This, this, that was a, that was great theater. Like, so I basically asked him, would you consider directing these sketches. I, I, I've written this, what I thought at the time was a one-woman show. It wasn't. But um, he, sure enough, uh, said, you know, your timing is impeccable. This is the last show I am working on with these people for the, in the last, like, 20 years. Like, I've been booked, you know, employed solid for 20 years until tomorrow. So, yes, I can read your script tomorrow. That's a universe winking at you. Right? Oh, my gosh. So it turns out he and I, um, we got together, uh, and he said, you know what? I will work with you, but not on this. I want to, I want to, something else. Like, well, and I was, of course, it was like hard, because here I am, like, basically aborting my baby to, to work with this person that I, it was just a total leap of faith, but I went for it. And um, sure enough, we, um started writing like a real one woman show like just me because the other had been again a bunch of sketches kind of like a carol burnett show like mm -hmm. she plays all the good parts surrounded by funny friends so um so sure enough that's how girl in argentine landscape was born uh I, how was that uh, you know cutting yourself open like that especially ugh. after reading your mom's book and knowing what that's like i have not read her book yet okay. the book did not exist yet okay in fact the parents were still together. Got even. it. Okay. Still Dad hadn't, the even, okay. hadn't even left home yet. 
But uh, it, it's funny, when I was going to produce it, that's when all this happened. And that was actually part of my promo. I remember um, as I was trying to, you know, advertise on Facebook, I'd say, hey, um, Wait, Facebook? There was no Facebook. There was no Facebook. MySpace, maybe? Yeah, right? Some of the... I was blowing out, um, you know, uh, I was putting bottles out to sea. Sure, sure. Hey, everybody, if you want to see... Carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah. If you would like to see my dad watch me uh, uh, simulate fellatio on stage, like, if the show isn't interesting enough, then um, that, show. then that show is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Watching my dad, I may not be interesting, but that will be. How did they? How did they? How deal? did they do? You know, it's funny. He, I remember him saying something about it, and like, did you need that? And I was like, yes, I did. It's a coming and of so age did story. The guy. <laughs> right. That's soccer players. He would have died. <laughs> no, but I mean uh, yeah, I was like, no, it's an adolescent story. It's I'm literally becoming a woman and you need that. Like just having barbecue and yeah, yeah, yeah. mate is was not enough. And this was a critically acclaimed. Yeah. It for was for your um, first go around. Yeah, and honestly, that is the moment, and that's why I've spent so much time on this subject, but um, it really, it, it, while no doors in Hollywood swung open as a result of this, it really, like, reminded me of what I am and who I, what I want to be and what I'm here to do, and, like, it, it reignited that, like, fire and, and, and like, Yes, this is what I'm supposed to be. Whether or not the world knows it yet, this is what I'm doing. And so I did that one show, and then I guess, um, I guess I guess I got busy with the Groundlings, which is a comedy theater in in Los Angeles. And it's character for those listening. It's a character based, right? Yeah, a lot of. I mean, it's kind of an SNL factory. Everybody yeah. from you know. Phil Hartman to Lisa Kudrow to Melissa yeah. McCarthy. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Will Ferrell. Yeah. Like, everybody funny has come out of there. And, um, and I mean, there's... I've, I remember once doing Adam Carolla's show, and we bonded over the fact that he, he did Growlings too. I got way further than him. He is the funniest person I've ever met in my life. Like, I was straight up, like, shy on his show. And you see how talkative I am. Yeah. And yet... Like, I couldn't even get a word in edgewise. I didn't dare. He was so funny. Like, I didn't want to take away from the funny. That's my best friend, Ellen, who is listening to this for sure. Uh, she loves Adam Carolla. So, right, she just he's, probably squealed when she oh, heard you say I love that. It. No, he's brilliant. But, you know, yeah, he got to intermediate, and I was in the Sunday Company. Um, he, like, That's a big deal. It Sunday is a big company, deal. Like, big even deal. funny yeah. people get cut, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Conan didn't get past Sunday yeah. Company. So, you know, when I was cut from Sunday Company, I mean, don't get me wrong, my life was over. I thought... I, 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 I couldn't, I was, it was the end, like, I'm dead, um, and I spent a year, uh, uh, not doing anything creative, like, I basically, um, decided that, um, okay, I, I might as well, you know, get a boyfriend, get a job, like, do all, like, a normal job, like, screw this acting, you know, uh, because clearly I'm not cut out for it, like, Groundling said, and, which is ridiculous. Of course. But, um, But I understand the sentiment. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. I mean, I spent a whole year not being creative, and a year later, I was like, uh-uh, 
this is this is not me. I, I like when was I happiest? And I realized it was when I was writing that show, when I was performing, you know, telling my story. And so that's when I went back to business. I went back to Rich, the you know the director that I cozied up to at that um, in the theater. And we worked on it, did a second. I did a, a carnival knowledge, love, lust, and other human oddities. And that one's even more saucy McSaucerton, it's right? very saucy. Yeah. yeah. It's not just fellatio. We go all the way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it's <laughs> is that, also... Is that the tagline? It's not <laughs> no. just fellatio. We go all the way. <laughs> no, no. Let's see. What was the... Um, <laughs> Six million men, or three million, I don't know how many men there are in Los Angeles. She only needs one to work. <laughs> that was the, you know, the tagline. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say if Girl in Argentine Landscape was sort of this relatively innocent coming-of-age story, um, like from, you know, metamorphosis from big dork to badass, this is, you know, badass, like... Come of age, you know, you know, with yeah. a sp special spelling. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it's 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 definitely kind of. I like to think of it as like uh, Sex in the City, different coast, cheaper shoes. <laughs> and this one, this one is this the one that did the Fringe Festival yes. in Scotland. And yes. Yeah, that's a big deal. It is. Yeah. It's That was again. When people are like career highlights, they expect like I don't know, being kissed by Lady Gaga at the Emmys or you know being number one on IMDb. No, hiking up those Scottish Highlands with a duffel full of dildos uphill both ways in the pouring rain at that's eleven p.m.—that is my career highlight, honestly, because I, I was it. so happy. I was doing what I love. Yeah. Yeah, so that show, um, yeah, it went on to the West End in London, and then, you know, off-off-Broadway in New York. I've taken it around to, you know, colleges. Like, I love doing that show. Um, but that's why, um, again, well, after Carnival Knowledge, at that point, I was like, okay, Hollywood, come on now, like... Scotland knows, you know, yeah. and, like the UK gets it. Yeah. Even New York, like, so what's going? Like, what's it gonna take? And you know, because don't get me wrong, I'd been auditioning this whole time. Like, I'd been, you know, I mean, technically, twenty-two years. Like, I was, I got my SAG card at age fifteen, working on Father Dowling Mysteries in Denver, Colorado. So, like, I, you know, I'd been at it. You know, auditioning, getting callbacks, on avail, pinned, then crickets. And it was like, well, what's it going to take? And, um, I, yeah, I don't know if it was just a divine intervention or what, but, yeah, I got a call for American Horror Story, and... You know, they needed a, a petite person, four to five feet tall, possibly malformed, childlike. And, you know, I thank God I put five and not five one on that box because I got the call. And, um, I, you know, it's one of those things where you, I mean, I audition all the time. And, like, you don't know when something's going to totally change your life. But it did. Yeah. I mean, it did and it didn't. Like, in some ways, I mean, I'm still put pants on one leg at a time but you know i mean so many but things but with an like, emmy nom <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
you get go into this, and do you have a sense of the character? Do you know what you're auditioning Not for at this point? Because I know he keeps things a bit secretive, right? A bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you didn't. I didn't even know the role yeah. until I was well into the my, the makeup process. It was the makeup people that told me. No, I mean. The audition itself, they had, they gave me a ball and they asked me to try to get them to play with me um, as if I were a four-year-old. So there was no mention of, you know, pinhead or microcephalia or any of this, you know, the defining characteristics of this character. Um, and then they also had me do a monologue of Jessica Langs from season one, which was just an adult, you know, delivering a monologue. Now, in retrospect, I get it. They want to see that I had range, that I could go from this, like, childlike character to this, you know, adult, fully functioning. Um, so I get it. And it. But, you know, that's the thing. They're not, you know, they don't want all the agents and managers and actors in Hollywood to know what, you know, the show's yeah, doing course. that season. So. Yeah. Very secretive. Um, wow, that must have just blown you away, honestly. I mean, I can, I imagine with all the prosthetics and everything that you have, even your hands, right? Those, yeah. Because those are gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> that looking, changing your hair color and looking in the mirror afterwards makes your brain go, huh? I can't even imagine. Shaving your head. Yeah, I can't imagine what doing all that and then looking at yourself in the mirror and explaining to your brain that, yes, that is you, but it's not you, you know? Right. And explaining to the date you're on <laughs> why they can't touch your hair because it's actually a wig. And, like, what if they, what if, you know, what if it comes off and they see that you have this crazy Hare Krishna haircut underneath? And how are you supposed to explain that when you're you not even allowed to tell people you what you're doing? Right, right. Oh, my God. Or even God. your own best friend who's like, wow, your hair looks really good. And you then you have a consistently great hair day for the next, you know, six it's a months. Because it's a wig. Keep yeah. Like, it's... That's so surreal. It was so surreal. Did you have any trouble with the prosthetic stuff on your skin? I know some actors have an issue no. with that. That's good. I mean, it was nice. Every day after work, you know, they give you a jasmine towel and just... Oh, that's it's nice. like getting a facial every, sure. every day after work. What kind of jobs give you facials at the end of the shift? Sex work. Oh. <laughs> but but that that's <laughs> not lotion. No. <laughs> I'm going to stick with acting. <laughs> It can yeah. be similar. I but, mean, yeah, it's still you're, good you're for your out. skin. I mean, you know. Uh, true. <laughs> that must have been the moment then. I, I'm assuming that's the moment where you're going, holy shit, I've, now, I've, now I've arrived. Well, yes and no. I mean, when I first got it, I, I really thought I was just an, one of an army of pinheads because why me? Like, I literally had nothing. My resume was full of YouTube videos that I produced myself, like, no one had cast me why would ryan murphy <laughs> you know and and to entrust this like cool role in this nobody you know and i mean i do understand it in certain ways like if you're paying for kathy bates for example you want to see her face you know what i mean because you're paying for that face <gasps> whereas with me i didn't have a recognizable face and so well, well, yeah cover it because who cares, right? Yeah. But not only that, I, I do think... I mean, obviously, it was genius casting me. But it was, truly. Like, yeah, I think you I, owned the part, clearly. Well, I had a, an unrecognizable face that was fine to cover up, right, with prosthetics. I'm also a theater, trained in the theater, so I'm used to projecting to the back row, which is absolutely imperative if you're going to 
you know, penetrate those prosthetics. Mm. Because the makeup just sits on a table unless you do something with it. You know what I mean? You have to act through that makeup. And that means moving your face. It means not... And those teeth. Talking through those teeth must have been challenging. That too. But also, you know, at the end of the day, so much of Pepper was improv. You know, it was... It was just being in character all the time. Like, I didn't have a lot of dialogue. It was just... Movement. Mm, and yeah. And let's face it, that's what I've been doing at the Growlings all that time. That's what I've been doing my whole life. So, yeah. To find, you know, an actor with, you know, theater experience and improv skills. And, I mean, it was, it was a genius casting. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But, you know, you ask about, like, was that the moment? No. Like, there was a long time where I was like... Uh, what is this? It was really once the show started airing and I started to see the fan reaction yeah, that, fan that I was like, oh yeah. boy. Like when I could, you know, um, stop at a light and there's a Pepper for President poster on a telephone pole or TMZ's jumping out of the bushes at me or eBay sellers waiting at LAX to get my, you know, to sign their Pepper Funko Pop figures. Like, it was just crazy. Like, all of a sudden How do you adjust mania. to that? Oh, I've been preparing my oh, life. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on. Yes, I was girl. like, where have you been? <laughs> no, but, um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I loved it, you know, um, and I still do. Like, when I go to Comic-Cons, people are like, oh, you are so nice. And I'm like, yeah, because I am not jaded. Like, I spent a long time without anybody caring. Yeah. So the fact that you do care, I love. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got cast again for the, right? And yeah. That, that had never happened. Other right. than the big, the big mm -hmm. wigs. Yeah, yeah. I came back for a second season, which, you're right, was... At that point, the show had been totally self-contained. Mm -hmm. um, each season was its own story, and then all of a sudden we've got this returning story. So, um, you know, a crossover character. That was very cool. And then I came back in 8 as a different character, which was also really cool. Um, I mean, the character wasn't as cool and, um, and wasn't as big, but um, it was also nice to, you know have my own face. Like, the other actors get to play other roles. Like, why shouldn't I? So, um... That's great. That was that was great. Wow. And so then the third... Mm-hmm. Oh, the third show. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I basically... Ugh, Peppers was in, like, 2012, and then again in 2014. And then, you know, there was a lot of, like I said, Comic-Cons, and, there was, you know, there was... Life happened. Like... I just mean all the all the dream actors, the things that people think actors are doing all the time, which I hadn't been. I I got to do, you know, all those red carpets, all those photo shoots, all that, all that. Um, and it was, you know, but uh, I would say I I had a, a very dramatic breakup um, in the course of all that, and I remember at the time going, okay, write this down, like. This is that, you know, again, take your broken heart, turn it into art. Like, let's not forget when you were happiest is when you were, you know, writing and creating and performing. So I knew that that was going to be a show one day. And I just needed maybe a pandemic to force me to not fly around all these Comic-Cons and, you know, to have to, like, just stop and, and, and write it. 
and that's what I did. So I would say I had started before the pandemic because I knew I needed to get this in. But it was really the pandemic that forced me. Like, there's literally nothing else to do. Like, you have Marie Kondoed the crap out of your house. <laughs> like, you've, you know, you've baked all the bread. You've done all the top puzzles. Like, it is time to write this damn show. And so I did. I, um, I, I, I got it done. It's, it's written. And at this point, as of today, um, it is... I would say 70% memorized, which is a huge accomplishment. I mean, by um, by the time this airs, I, it will, I will probably be completely off book, um, but it's exciting. All right, so what's the plan? Can we say title? Do we get to know? Sure. Okay. American Horror Story. Yeah, girl. <laughs> so, Swear. yeah. Well, and you might be thinking, oh, wait a minute. Is this a, um, is this, is this a Carnival Knowledge uh, sequel? No. This is a different horror. This is not, not the slutty horror. This is a hustler horror. So we basically get to see Naomi since, you know, uh, first grade, actually, is when it starts. Uh, me kind of like hustling my way through the world. And um, pre-pepper, as pepper, post-pepper, like it's it's very much a love letter to fans and to the show. Um, Do you get to incorporate then that character? Do you have to ask permission from Ryan Murphy for already that? already got it. So that, but that is part of the process. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's so cool yeah. and so great that he said, sure, sure. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it. It's um. What where is it? Where are we gonna launch this? What's that's it? a great question. Okay. And that is to be. I will determined. be there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you know my dream is to have it like as a you know one hour comedy special on a you know streaming platform like a Netflix mm -hmm. or a, mm -hmm. and interestingly like the pandemic actually makes that possibly more possible than otherwise, you know, um, just because we're not going to theaters and, you know, people are watching Netflix and they, and, and they're watching one man shows. Like, mm -hmm. what is this, um, in and of itself, which you and I talked so about. So good. our barbecue. Yeah. And that's, people are watching it. Like yeah. it's, it's, it, you don't have to be in the theater to see a one man show. So, um, so I'm hopeful that that will happen. And if not, you know, I'll, I'll go back to Edinburgh. I can go to, you know, I know how to do this in New York. Like, I can, it will happen one way or another. It's just how is to be determined. Isn't it interesting that when you decided to take the reins of your, of your creative self, mm -hmm. when you really stepped, that's power, right? You stepped yes. into that power and stopped worrying about what everybody else thinks, i.e. Mm -hmm. agents or television shows or whatever, that everything just came to be. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. And that it's, it gives me the shivers when I think about yeah. it. It's like the fact that you were at the theater, you said the thing, the director that overheard, you know, all those moments are mm -hmm. to me absolutely 100% believe that they make me believe that there is a divine order to things. Mm -hmm. And yes. that it was just waiting for you to go, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. Right. And then, boom, there's your life. Right. I love it. I know. <sighs> and that's why it's so hard when, like, young people, you know, write me or ask me how, you know, what do I do to be an actor? It's like, 
How do I say, just listen to this podcast because, you know, like, just act. Yeah. Just do, do it. Your, just do it. And, you know, if you build it, they will come. I've always had that attitude. And I know, uh, I, I even remember one time having like a general audition with a casting director, which is a, essentially just like a date. You basically are just talking about yourself <laughs> to them. Um, and, and vice versa them for that matter. Um, but it's just a conversation. And uh, I remember m- saying that and then they, kind of making a face like, mm, it's a little scary. That's a little passive, like not trying to like, you know, manipulate the system. But I don't know. Does manipulating the system work? Like... People are always trying to, oh, well, if I want to be like, you know, Kim Kardashian. Like, no. Just, Kim yeah. Kardashian's like Kim Kardashian. Exactly. If they want Kim Kardashian, they'll cast her. Yeah. Like, so just true. do you. Yeah. Like, what are you? That's the real question. Yeah. And sometimes it's a long journey. Sometimes you're 30 before you figure that out. Sometimes you're oh, 50. Sure. Sometimes you're 70, like your yes. mom. You know, it took your mom a while. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and she's a totally different person than she was. You know, that lady that would golf clap when dad got a point is totally different than this woman that publishes her sexagenarian sexcapades. Are you kidding? I love that so much. I'm so sorry. I know it's mortifying, but I love it. Yeah. I mean, we spend so much time listening to what other people think we are or who we should be that that for sometimes it stunts us into discovering, you know, authentic yeah. self. And that's that's the place to live. Well, and especially now in this day and age where, like, you know, TikTok can't be more than 15 seconds. And, oh, and this works and that trend. And, yeah. you know, it's like, no, screw your Everybody's trends. got a, a like we talked about before we started this, is like the, the new Gen Z thing is, so millennials with their jeans jackets. I have probably four jeans jackets and I look good in them so I don't care who cares oh, and just be who you are well, and enjoy I, it yes and fashion wise like I've definitely you know Perez Hilton has praised my red carpet style and you know that's not his style he, that his whole thing is tearing you down the point is my style is what looks good on me yeah. Period. Yeah. Which is going to be different than you. Right. You're six feet tall. Yeah. I'm five feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so we're different. We're and a living Verizon commercial. Ex- the bars. Yes. <laughs> we're, yes. Oh, I was going to say, or Benetton. But yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. right. Benetton for different reasons. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but I think, you know, yes, you wear what feels good, looks good. And I mean, feels not comfortable. I don't wear clothes that are comfortable other than the unitard well, I'm wearing now because yoga. I came from yoga. Yeah. But, um, no, I wear clothes that make me feel how I want to feel that day. Empowered. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I also, you know, as or an feminine actor, or, yeah. I feel like, who who do I want to be today? Yeah. Like, what, what role am I playing? I love that. And so, yeah, when I want to, like, feel powerful, I wear a suit or you name it you know yeah. it's it's i think fashion can be fun and um but yes ultimately flattering again unless you're playing like if you're like i want to be pepper today well then maybe you're not gonna wear a power suit right but um i, I think yes just getting rid of your jean jackets because they are um, not cool now yeah because they said on tiktok it's <laughs> right. stupid yeah it's like, ridiculous no yeah how does the jean jacket make you feel and also i want to tell those those youngins mm-hmm. that 
you know, it's okay to, to exactly what you just said, just do you. And that, that's the most powerful and the coolest. And then you start feeling like an old person, like it's cool to be you with the thumbs up, but it's, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But I think this generation is much, they're, they're already doing that. Yeah, you know what I mean? The, the next way... generation, maybe. I don't know. I think there's going to be a, a move away from the social media thing. I, I think it's going to... I mean, I hope so, honestly. It's going to pendulum. I, I yeah. think it's screwing with us. Oh, boy. Yeah, but for I sure. But I do think, you know, just the way kids are allowed to be like, mm, yeah. I might be a girl or oh, whatever. Sure. Stuff like that makes right. me go like, wow, we, we couldn't do that. No. You know, so they're already... And, you know, like, bullying isn't cool. And whereas it wasn't... Oh, my God. I mean, girls high school, let me yeah, tell you. Yeah. So... Yeah, high school sucked. Yeah. Tell people how they can find you who, who might not otherwise know. Yes, I am at Naomi W. Grossman on all, all... Actually, I think I might just be Naomi Grossman on um, TikTok, but... Uh, yeah, that's TikTok. Um, I'm Naomi W. Grossman on all. Uh, but I'm also verified, so they'll see. If, if they even just put Naomi, yeah, yeah, see the check mark. And I put links for everything also on HeyHumanPodcast.com. So it's like, um, you also have a your your actual official website, too, which I is do. .net. Correct. Right? Naomi Grossman.net? Yes. Without the W. Correct. Yes. Okay. I'm on Good. it. Good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. There's another Naomi Grossman. I feel so sorry She's for her. She's a climber. Oh, well, there's obviously more than one. Okay. But I, I know of one. Well, there's a few, actually. There's, um, I was thinking of the, um, like, fine artist. She does, like, oh, sculpture. Okay. I, I want to say That's in, cool. like, Long Island or something. But there's, actually, there's a Naomi Grossman that produced the Hollywood Squares. Okay, I and love that show. <laughs> so, watch the credits. You'll see. Paul Lind, man. That's that old school Hollywood Squares. You ever watch those on YouTube? No, it's but so Naomi catty and hilarious. Them. Okay, well, so great. when a friend of mine won a car on that show, and what? I was like, well, "I want a car," so I called up. I got myself an audition. When I told them my name, they laughed, and <laughs> I was like, "What's funny?" Showed up at the audition. Sure enough, laughed. I finally was like, "What is up?" Like, they they said, "Well, our boss is Naomi." That is you're, so funny. You're much more. You're much younger and much more pleasant. Oh. Um, but so therefore, I had to add the W to. Okay. I, I am technically the number two. She okay. came before me. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Naomi, thank you so oh, much. This thank is great. You. Wow, what a story! And I wasn't kidding. Like, I want that whole arc of your family. Yes. Is, that sounds like a great movie. It well, it's a great one woman show now. Yeah, but yes, but if I people mean, want to option it to be a movie, let's yeah, do this. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. For I'm, sure. I'm in your court for sure. Aww. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.